0: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: We should really turn to baseball, this, this pod. I mean, we could talk some politics, some other shit. I'm a little bit bored of it, actually, to be honest. The politics, the coronavirus is really a dud. It's like, it's not a dud. It might kill us all yet but it's just going too slow. Let's just get it over with already.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I'm definitely ready to talk baseball. I've been studying about it like crazy um obviously i'm over football the all-star game i will say was really cool in the nba and i don't give a shit about the nba and i won't even talk warriors but the the elam thing they had the the new format was was awesome and it should actually maybe be instituted in like a real nba season games and that that was fantastic but um other than having a daughter 104 degree temperature homesick from school uh yeah let's talk baseball i i I, the lead should be you ducking me anyway right you signed up for uh (laughs) I, i asked you beforehand please let me know give me give me i don't even any any notice frankly i should have just said sign me up included but you're obviously we could have you know gone over the dates but uh before i know it it had already been filled
1: yeah what happened was i was trying to get it going before i leave for vacation next week for a few days and because i like to do a february draft that was the one that finished 12th overall last year was the one you were in it was in february and i just think you can get teams that just aren't common when the bulk of the drafts happen because obviously the adp is totally different So I want to get at least one, I'll have a second one that you can be in and I'll try to give you notice. So I just want to get it true
0: about the February timing um, of ours last year. But I I think you misspoke when you said the part I've been in both part twos. I think I'm positive for football because I remember the first one you somehow got like Nick Chubb and Kittle and all that. And I wasn't a part of that one. But later is the one that you were, you know, threatening the overall during the regular season, even though I think I passed you in the postseason. But
1: but um, but so so with the baseball one last year, you think it was number one or number two? I know it was number one. The football was number two. The baseball is number one but I will do a number two, but I just wanted to get a February one going. Uh, so, so, so what happened was I, so I emailed Greg and I was like, can you do it February 29th? And I wasn't even gonna start promoting it for like another week. And then after I sent it to him, he's like, yeah, I'll get it done the next day. And then after, I was going to bed that night at like 1 a.m. and I was like, oh wait, that's when I'm on vacation. So I got up, I emailed him, like just scratch that, I'm gonna have to come up with a new date tomorrow. And at that point, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, I no, maybe it was Sunday. I sent him a new one. I said, can you just do this Friday? Because I also have to, there's not that many times I can do. Like all the 9 p.m. Eastern start times are 2 a.m. my time. So I found a 6 p.m. starts at 11. It'll be over by one. That's fine. Or I was trying to do a Saturday one, which they didn't have this weekend. So I picked one on Friday at 6. And Greg's like, okay, cool. I'll start selling it. So before my XM show even happened on Monday, which is usually when I would sell it, it filled. It filled on Sunday, actually. So he, he put it up Sunday morning and it filled a couple hours later. So usually there's like two or three people that sign up and on Monday we push it on the XM show and that's when I would email you and say, by the way, here, here's the link to it. But it didn't even, it was sold out in like on a Sunday in a few hours.
0: That is funny. I mean, people want your action or no, really? What does that mean? That is funny. I mean, I guess you're popular. I mean, obviously the, the more, uh, boisterous you are, I guess it makes sense. I guess it's been kind of pretty quick the last few of these things, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, like it takes like three or four days. This took a
0: few hours on a Sunday. Like this just was <laughs> yeah, over. that's impressive. Yeah, that's yeah on a Sunday. So, so that's yeah, why like, I didn't notify
1: you. And then I was like, oh, shit. A I,
0: weekend too, right? I mean, it was like a holiday Monday. So people should be
1: gone. So yeah, that's impressive, man. Yeah, so I was like, I didn't even have a chance to notify you. And then I saw that you didn't sign up. And I was bummed because I'm like, the sure. last two ones you signed up for are my best too. I'm no. like, you are just, you know, easy money and somehow good luck for me. But then Mike Masado signed up and he was talking shit but that's you know that's free money right there so that's that's good that he was in there
0: right i'm glad he's in there too definitely gonna follow follow that one let me know how your draft goes so i got the itch when you said this um got frustrated i'd only been in that one in-person draft uh, on base um and uh yeah it was president's day so uh, i signed up for a rotowire online championship monday night and uh, did one myself and had a definitely fun so i uh uh, yeah, and I'll definitely do it again, though, with you. So just give me a heads up before we do it. But um, I got the ninth pick in the one on uh, I Did Monday, and I believe you got something similar to Cut your – in your yeah. eighth night. Yeah, Cut Yeah. And you, well, How did you do that? Uh, I mean, sorry, your, your KDS.
1: I went one, two, three, eight was my fourth choice. I was huh. I, I had the eighth person to get his choice, and I got my fourth choice. I wasn't really – I did it, like, not even realizing that it was running very soon after. I was like, I may as well just do this. I was sitting at this – a cheesy indoor climbing park that Sasha was at. And Heather was taking me out to teach me to drive a stick shift, which I still don't know how to drive because I grew up in Manhattan and I just always had an automatic, but every car in Europe is a stick shift pretty much. I, there's an automatic once in a while, Whenever there is, I do all the driving, but she drives all the time because the stick shift, I don't know how to drive it. So she's like, you got to learn. So We went out for a couple uh, trips. I don't know how either. Yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't know how. You're a nutless monkey. So I went out on a couple trips. You know, I was like avoiding these kids. You know, they're like walking in front of the car. But the good thing is I know how to drive a car. So it's not like, you know, I'm just learning this particular way of doing it. So I'm not gonna like not know how to step on the brake or. But it is a little more involved. So I was doing that. I set my KDS at this climbing park, this indoor climbing park, and then a couple hours later, I was like, oh shit, it ran. I, and and I, I actually didn't realize till the xm show the next day jeff was like what what did you do for kds so i was like well i'm hoping to get and then i checked and i was like wait i got 8 i <laughs> didn't even realize it ran so i'm fine with 8 i, I think it's i would rather have one of the top 3 but after that middle of the draft is good for me
0: yeah it makes sense i think i want one of those top 3 yeah exactly what you said um i think it's it's different with the one i did the rotowire 12 team i, I wouldn't mind the end but I was doing my TGFBI settings this morning and 15 team, I don't know. I kind of want before that, like like what you're saying, eight or nine. But that's for a different strategy we can get to if you want to. But um, your, your sheet you came up with, I appreciate. Uh, want to talk about that and what you've done, some formulas and all that?
1: Yeah, have you looked at it since? I've really updated it, man. i put everything in this thing.
0: No, I've actually done a lot of research. Like I really went, my own rankings quite hard to probably more so than ever by far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate the bats, uh, projections and you, yeah, you took some legwork out of it and I, I do appreciate the, re- I, I saw it today and, uh, yes, well, well done
1: list. Thank Good you. Did, did you see yeah. the NFBC breakdown sheet where it shows the actual hitter pitcher split in the NFBC now? No, I don't know. No, I have not looked at this I added yet, that no. yesterday. So okay. what I did was I just sort of assigned everybody a value. In oh, yeah, you order. keep going over so many tabs. Okay, I see. Okay, go, go, to the, go, go ahead. To the, right, so I assigned Acuna as $45 at the top, right. and I assigned the last guy a buck, the 276th player. That's the entire like starting pool in a 12-team league, 23 players. And I made it add up to three hundred twenty three thousand one hundred twenty dollars which is the amount – 12 team, $260 auction would add up to, to give them dollar values. And then I, I made it add up. I just kept experimenting with like 0. 0.98, 0.988, 0.986. Multiply each thing down as each pick went down until it got, you know, until it fit right. Until the top guy was 45, the bottom guy was a buck. There were 276 players and it totaled to 3,120. Did trial and error until I got the right percentage. And then with those, you know, sort of fake values for each draft slot. So pick one is worth forty five, pick two is worth forty four thirty six, pick three is worth forty three seventy four, on down. And then I put in the NFBC ADP, and I was able to figure out like how much money spent on outfielders, how much money is spent on first baseman, pitching, pitching relief pitching, catchers. So when you're doing the conversions of like the Steamer projections or the Cardi projections to dollar values. You have to know how much money is being spent on, say, closers to figure out how much closers should go for or catchers or, or pitching versus hitting. Normally in the tout wars and labor drafts, we used to say it was 70% hitting, 30% pitching. That was the 70-30 normal split. Right. And three years ago, the NFBC, I, I did the same method and I came up with 66-34 split. So the NFBC was more pitching heavy. This year it is 64.6 Versus 35.4. So it's even higher on pitching. And moreover, the relief pitching is lower than it's ever been. It's only 210, 211 bucks on relief pitchers. So the starting pitching is getting a bigger portion of the overall dollars in the NFBC. If you were to convert the, you know, to, to do a calculation, you have to convert the draft slots to dollars. A bigger portion of resources is going to starting pitching than ever.
0: Yeah, and nearly half the amount of hitters, basically. Yeah, all well, the Right, not, 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 not quite not nearly. Quite. It's 35.4. 30, oh, okay, so. not quite okay. All right. Um look, isn't it like eighty nine hundred yeah, out of two thousand, I guess. Okay. Um eight nine eight um out of thirty-one twenty. Right. All right. Okay. Um no, no, but it's eight hundred and ninety-three out of two thousand for hitting,
1: right? Well, versus two thousand. Out it's yeah. out of thirty-one twenty, which right. is versus 30.
0: two right, 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 okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So what what are your that is a lot of a lot of work. Well, actually, like,
1: actually, if you if it's the pitching, it's eleven hundred on pitch, eleven oh four on pitching. It's just that the eight ninety three is starting pitching,
0: just starting, right? No, I got you. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, actually, it's it's more on pitching total than than hitting. Uh, no, oh, sorry, no, sorry, more no, than no. half, more than half, more than half. That would take it over more than yes. Half. Okay, right. So, what is your takeaway from this?
1: Uh, my takeaway is just that when you then put the you know pitching stats and convert it to dollar values, you need to use eight hundred ninety-three dollars worth of pitching. And that bumps up the starting pitchers pretty high. So that when you end up doing the overall ranks for you know the bat, the number one player is not Mike Trout, it's Justin Verlander is the number one pick on that board. And then number two is Trout, number three is Garrett Cole, number four is Yelich, number five is deGrom number six is Bellinger, number seven is Acuna, eight is Arenado, nine is Max Scherzer, number 11 is Chris Sale. So the pitching, when you realize how much NFBC is spending on pitching, and then you say, okay, what are these algorithmic projections saying these pitchers are going to do? So, you know, a lot of this money is going to be spent on these pitchers.
0: Well, I totally agree with it. And uh, certainly in a big overall contest, I think you need one of those big... uh big whatever four pitchers i would
1: they have say five um, for them it's a big for yeah. both projection systems yeah,
0: i know i know we're gonna get to sale in a minute yeah. we're gonna get to him in a minute um because i actually have a different take of the top four slightly too um i think you definitely need one of those four almost to the point of uh do you want do you really prefer acuna Yelich, and trout over one of those big four i mean is, i don't think that's a no-brainer but certainly i want those four next if you don't get the one of those. And so I, number nine, I I drafted Scherzer actually ahead of Verlander, who I have number two, Um, just the more I looked into him, I kind of wanted to buy a guy coming off not a huge workload, and it wasn't because of arm issues. And if we're not worried about Verlander's age, why should we be worried about Scherzer or less of a workload? And he has the NL. And uh, his his average fastball velocity and swinging strike percentages were both career highs last year. So whatever you want to quibble of those four, um, I do think Scherzer belongs right there in the, with the top of the big three. And then what do you do with Sale? I've come around on him since I've done this draft, but um, I've moved him up just yet yeah, to, to number five on my – starting pitcher rankings. And um, yeah, I look, he, he supposedly got the PRP injection in the off season. And Andrew says, you're good to go. i see this all the time. He threw his elbow feels better than ever. Um, I'm just assuming the pneumonia is just that. And uh, so I'm all in. And, and and now the question is where do we target him in the,
1: in the overall, in the main event? Okay. So you're, you're in, that's interesting because I'm in. I'm in. Cardi yeah. was so in on the show. I mean, he was completely in, I mean, his projections and steamers though, have sales the big five everyone has bueller is the big as the fifth but i
0: absolutely love bueller and i even had him t- yeah yes I, I, I but just he hasn't done it yet as far as the workload and the thing with sale is they look at the projections they're like i think even cardi's hasn't like a, but maybe even steamer both have them for whatever reason that 177. is maybe like an algorithm but exact that must be an algorithm because it is exactly the same but yeah 177 so obviously you'd rather more innings for your your ratios but projecting 235 Ks with that is, is like more helpful than he's, right. you know what I'm saying? That's like, right. what if he did pitch 200? I mean, Unless. The, we all do play in K rates. We really do. Because, I mean, the, the reliever that gets 80 Ks is more helpful than the reliever that gets 60, you know?
1: That's right. But you're assuming that sales going to be shut down predictably or get hurt and miss a whole month? you know, and not be right. It's not pers- just
0: like, yeah, 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 he might not just, yeah, it's not like he might even miss the 23 innings or he's going to miss the whole year or pitch them all.
1: Yeah. I, or, I get that. Or he may, they may say, you know, he's had a 110 pitch count last week. We're going to shut him down this week. They say that on Tuesday. So they shut him down a couple of weeks to get him down to the amount of innings that he's projected for. And you don't get some other pitcher in there to get extra strikeouts. You know, it doesn't always work. It's not always like, okay, here's the plan. Here's how it's going to work. That, that's all I'm saying is that you th- the argument of saying, well, he gets those strikeouts in fewer innings is great. Cause when he's out, you'll put in someone else and get even more strikeouts in that slot, but you might not get warning. It's you, you'll get warning probably for some of them, but
0: anyway, and I know you really don't love messing with pitchers who already have a barking elbow. I get it, but I mean, he's just, and, and Keith law was always worried about his, um, you know, his, uh, the way he threw, but 30, 30 years old. So if you just look the, the projection systems, just, it just jumps out such a difference maker. Like, how can you, how can you justify taking a Freddie Freeman over the possibility of, of sale staying healthy?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's sales going in the third round though, Freeman's early second. So, I mean, in Jeez. the NFBC, the, I'll have a shot at sale in the middle of the third. Now, because we've been talking about on the show and beat Chris Liss as mostly listeners. I probably won't, but you know, as it stood if, at the eighth pick of the third round, you might've got sale. So I might've got like Degrom in the first round or somebody like that or scherzer or whoever i want verlander and then i would get in the second round like nolan arenado and then the third round i'd have chris sale and i'd be like okay i gotta deal with Steals now but man you know sale yeah. verlander and then like a four category machine it's pretty good
0: yeah for sure all right so you're you're kind of i, I take it you're in then too
1: with sale in round three. I'll probably gamble on it. Yeah. I just think it's a good bet at that it's, point.
0: Yeah. Can, you can be a, you can miss your hitter then anyway. So yeah, uh, again, it's, it's risky, but it's for an overall to me. It's like, that's what you got to swing to the fences.
1: Yeah. But, but the interesting question is that both steamer and Cardi steamer has four of the first five picks or pitchers and Cardi, the same thing. And what I said to Cardi when he was on is that Well, if you're, if we weren't drafting these actual players with, you know, real life players, but we're just drafting these stat lines. And I really think we should do this one time, right? We just have, we just draft the projected stats, not real players. And you can't have like a spreadsheet, adding it up at the time. You're just buying the player stats. And then we just run it and we see who won at the end. You know, we could find out right after the draft who won the league and find out like, oh shit, like you really screwed up taking Mike Trout's numbers over, Garrett calls projected numbers, and I, I think you would screw up because even with this oh. crazy six, even giving them only a third, basically the pitchers of what the hitters get, um, the pitchers still win just according to the numbers. And then actually, in this case, it should be fifty-fifty, right? It's five categories apiece. So okay. in a way, it's like the only reason it's sixty, you know, five thirty-five is because. Pitchers are more fungible. You can get you know you can get them off the waivers better. All these re, all the reasons why we don't give the f- pitching projections their full weight. But if we just had to run the you know run the league right with the projections right after we finished assembling the, the league, it would be 50-50, right? And then Verlander would be worth like sixty bucks. That would be
0: a fun exercise, and I've kind of like done it a little bit since you took out the legwork as far as converting projections into the rankings. Um, and I, yeah, I was like interested in like, you know, I, I use some uh, some of the projections based on my rankings, and I'm like, yeah, how much does uh, Carrasco's whip help versus you know Corbin's whip, you know, versus the K's for fantasy league translates, and that's it uh, that is interesting. And who knows your formula, you know, how perfect it is too, right? I mean, you just there's a lot of subjectivity to that, right?
1: Yeah. It's a little bit more art than science. Like one of the things you have to figure out. And I think I did a good job. I, f- I understand how it works now. When I, f- I solve some wrinkles, taking the catchers out of the hitter pool and doing them separately, but then making sure that the standard deviations are from the whole pool, but just the replacement value is from the catcher pool, because then you get like how much better real Muto is than the other catchers. But you're not saying that his, his steals will be many standard deviations above the average catcher or the replacement catcher. But it's not many standard deviations above his you know, six or seven steals aren't going to really help you that much in, the, in steals. So you have to use the standard deviations for the whole pool, but the replacement value for just the catchers. And I figured out that. But one of the things that's very subjective is when you're looking for replacement value, you're saying, okay, everything's calculated on how much better is this player's stats than whatever the freely available stat line is. So you've got to figure out what is the freely available stat line. And so, right, if a guy hits like 50 homers... He's not worth 50 homers. He's worth 50 he's worth 50 minus the 16 homer guy that's just there for free. So he's worth 34 homers. That's always the baseline. And if a guy hits 5 homers, he's not worth plus 5. He's worth minus 11. You know, he's he's a negative in homers, right? We we have to have a baseline. Sure. But figuring out that baseline First of all, you want to take kind of a wide average because you don't want the, you know, you don't want to say, okay, there's 144 non catcher hitters, so player 145 is the replacement value. No, because that guy could be Billy Hamilton. You know, he could be all steals. And so you've got this really uh, distorted sense of what replacement is. So you want to average like 40 players in a range. So you get like an average, you know, a player that has six steals and 15 home runs and a 252 average and 72 runs and 68 RBIs. I'm just making that up, but that sounds like sort of a replacement player but then you're like well is that really a replacement player i mean that guy wouldn't stay in your lineup all year you'd probably be mixing and matching, so do I want to make it a little higher than that and use like the average of player 100 to 120, or player 80 to 120, or do I want to just say, okay, well, these are all... It's very subjective, like what you want to choose as your baseline, and you think, well, just whatever, choose a baseline. It makes a difference. The baseline you choose will either move up or down the elite guys. The lower the baseline, the worse it is for the elite guys, because that means lots of players have value over the low baseline, and when lots of players have value, there's only a certain amount of dollars to be spent on hitting. So if players that are like the hundredth ranked guy are like 10 or 12 bucks above the baseline, then that's, you know money that can 't go to the top guys if you make the the replacement value super high so it 's like the fiftieth guy is replacement, well, then only the top forty nine guys are going to have any value, and then trout's going to be like eighty bucks so you you have to move, moving the replacement moves the it changes the rankings uh, it doesn't change the rankings of hitting relatively to each other much, but when you combine pitching and hitting that 's where you see a, a, an issue is that your hitters are too much or your pitchers are too much so it's very sensitive which baseline you use and to me i don 't know. You tell me. It's not obvious what you know, what baseline to use for me.
0: No, I don't think it's obvious either. That's an inexact science for sure. I would love to kind of. I would like to see the the batting average comparison among catchers. Like how, well, how I'll tell you properly... I can tell you right now. Okay. So, okay.
1: All right. So the yeah. using the bat, I think I use catcher twenty to thirty. Right. So twenty four is you know there's twenty four starting catchers in a league, and the the replacement value batting average is two two thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, okay. How many help you there? Like
1: two or something? No, because remember, um, they're, they're relative to each other. So you have right. you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. two yeah, catchers. Yeah, yeah. Now, they don't get yeah. a lot of, they're not worth a lot because, you know, the standard deviation. Yeah. Again, Real Muto's got seven steals. That's the most of the catchers. So, okay, he's many standard deviations better than, you know, in, in catcher steals, better than, you know, most of these guys, but because it's small, the standard deviation. But when you put him back, when you put the, use the standard deviation from the whole pool, it's not much. He only gets you, his, you know, he's he's getting you like his steals are worth not very much. They're worth like you know 0.72, and then basically they're worth about a buck or two. You know, like you're you're not they're not worth that much more than the average. You know, the average catcher has about three steals. So like Real Muto has seven, okay, but you're comparing it to the the rest of the pool. Um, But you're comparing the replacement to the rest of the catcher. So the replacement catcher, at least uh, on Cardi's projections, has 344 at bats. He's got, I've got to stretch out these cells so I can actually read it, you know, like 10.3 home runs. That's your catcher, 10 home runs, 230 average, you know, two or three steals.
0: Yeah, no, I got you. I, just meant, I bet there's only two catchers who are better than average and actually help you in batting average. But yeah, no, totally makes sense. And also for volume, they're not going to get as much as other positions. But uh, well, that's pretty pretty valuable information that you created. Yeah, well,
1: there, that, right? well the volume the volume yeah, is is also calculated. So all sure. the averaging stats, average WHIP and ERA, are obviously indexed for innings pitched. You know, I, I calculate innings pitched and it bats, so that if you are predicted and, for sales WHIP and ERA aren't helping you as much as if he had 215 innings.
0: And Cardi said, "Both these, I believe, uh, I'm totally actually fine with him outsourcing it to Roster Resource for like the depth chart stuff. He shouldn't be doing about it. I think he was a little skeptical. I think that's absolutely the way he should do it. People concentrating on that. But then again, you can tinker with that yourself. You should be able to do that with your rankings for I sure. Your own playing time or whatever. Um, I don't yeah, uh, want to do.
1: It. Okay, yeah. so I, oh, so it's Roster Resource. I, I thought it was Fangraphs. And so
0: it is. It is. The Fangraphs owns that now. Same thing. Same. Okay. Same exact.
1: But thing. Same what's thing. weird is Steamer does not have the same games played as Cardi." So Steamer must do it themselves. And then yeah. maybe Cardi does it through the Fangraphs one. Here's the issue. I don't know which one's better for, for all I know the roster resource could be better, but I want it to be algorithmic and not subjective because the whole point of the projection part of my aggregate thing, which is, and I just to backtrack basically what I do is I have two thirds NFBC ADP one, one sixth Cardi and one sixth steamer uh, as, as, converted through my formulas, the rankings that I get through my formulas, and, and the idea is, it's sort of what Rufus Peabody does with his betting, is you have the market, which is like the spread in football, or the ADP, the market has a lot of good information in it. It's really, really good, but it also has some biases. It has some recency bias. It has some other biases, and the algorithms are not, don't have as much information as the market. The market's better than them, but it has information that the market is missing, because it doesn't get excited about rookies, especially it doesn't get excited about the guy who had a great year last year, but hasn't been good over three years. It's it's all based on the historic tendencies and the math. So I don't like that roster resource or anybody's manually doing the playing time because the market's manually doing the playing time already. Yeah. So it, basically you're not going to gain information from that, but maybe playing time is so hard to do algorithmically since it's so subjective that maybe it's better that way, but uh,
0: my two things, my guess is the market is wrong on sale early on. And it's going to really correct in a, in a big way in the next couple weeks. Um, and secondly, didn't, what was Cardi's answer for, for as far as projecting wins, he uses team context, obviously, right? Like you yes. know, projecting how yes. many runs that the Astros are going to score, right? All that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: No, I mean, I think he's pretty thorough. I mean, I think we would think of bullpen defense, yeah. you know, park effects, like, I think all that stuff Is put into his projections And I really liked this segment He was fired up He was getting pissed That people give him shit For the uh, bad rookie projections I see both sides I see the side that Dude, you know, you you can't just say, well, you know, these are all rookies, so rookie equals bad, therefore Acuna bad. And I see his side, which is like, yeah, but what about Vlad and Eloy Jimenez? Like, you know, people are pissed about Tatis, but, you know, everyone else is expecting Vlad and Eloy Jimenez to be huge last year. Right. And they weren't, you know, and Senzel and all these guys that were busts. It's a tricky thing. And I said, I asked him, I said, well, you know, isn't Acuna a different? Prospect than some of these other guys. And he's like, well, you know, look at Vlad. Vlad was a a massive prospect as a hitter. And maybe Vlad was the exception. I, I would think Vlad, my opinion is you have to distinguish between the prospects. And Vlad should have been a monster, but he was the exception. And that normally, if the guy is, you know, that special he's going to be good problem is it's very easy to say that in retrospect you know oh well of course Acuna was so different well how do we know that because he was good well we only know he's good because he was good we didn't know if he wasn't good we wouldn't know that he was good so it's you know it's tricky but I, I still sort of subscribe to it because it's like that Sam Bradford and Dominican Sue debate we had was like oh you got to take the quarterback oh, yeah. I'm like, why Sam Bradford is not like some special prospect you know it's like Andrew Luck yes it doesn't matter who's there you know, it, it doesn't right. matter if, and, you know, Nick is there, you go ahead and you take, I, I well, I would take Kyler Murray over him, but that one's going to be close. I think, I don't think that's a slam dunk really
0: stop. of I think flashbacks, they can't continue. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Niners. Uh, anyway, the bat also, I think is kind of down on, Lewis or is it Luis Robert? Um, either way, relatively speaking to the market, uh, is down on another prospect. And Cardi also just uh, tweeted his top 30 projected Woba hitters, top 30 hitters in baseball. And to your point, I think Acuna is like 12th. And people give giving him a hard time. But he's like, I think this guy ranked like 36th last
1: year in Woba. Yeah, no, 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 Woba. Woba. Fantasy, it's people steals, are, people but, are idiots. Woba is not. No one's buying It was a Woba only league. Acuna would not go in the first round. Okay. Like this like, that's not, it's a, it's a five category league that counts stolen bases and home runs specifically. Those are important categories. And that's why he's the first pick
0: so anyway to uh bottom line for i'm with you on and these results and i was coming to the conclusion uh, before this so i'm glad that it solidifies it but i did my my testing last year messed around spent main event drafting not a pitcher into the first what, the first i think around 16 but now i'm back to pitching and i actually come the other way which i originally was a few years ago but i mean you just simply have to come away with one of these horses and uh how, how extreme are you going to go though when it comes to these money leaks overall
1: ones uh, i mean i don't so so what you did last year was weird because it actually worked to a large extent. You got a lot of good pitchers late. Your hitting was shit because you obviously are a terrible hitter drafter. Otherwise your game is solid and that sunk you. But imagine you had just taken like one Garrett Cole or Verlander with yeah, the pitching that you got. Right. You would have been in great shape because you you know, you screwed up the hitters but that's bad luck. I mean, if you had you You know, you had enough value in the hittings, You had enough, you know, picks for hitters. And you suggested
0: it at the time. You might need the one guy to get you the 300Ks. And, you know, I think that really is problem. So you're saying if you... You can maybe do the hitter strategy, but get the one ace.
1: Get the ace, right? And, I mean, I like to get one other pitcher in, like, the 10th or the 9th. If it's, like, in the 15. I like to get maybe one or two more in the 12. But I think you need that horse. And, like, last year in the main event, I had... I Had a pretty good team, but I but I had Garrett Cole in the second round, and like it was just that just made life so much easier. Verlander yeah. Cole, just having one of those two guys was just <clears throat> essential last year. And you want one of those guys if you can in the first two rounds, and and then you worry about it later. I was gonna like I didn't love any of the pitching values initially. Like, my instinct was like, eh, I don't really like Cole on the Yankees for where he's going. And then DeGrom, the Mets suck, and then Scherzer was banged up and old, and Verlander has the Astros shit hanging over him. And then I was sort of like, man, I, maybe I'll just like pull a mini Dalton Del Don and just take Kershaw on the fourth and glass now on the sixth or something or, or Severino or someone, something like that. But then after like doing this exercise and talking to Cardi, I'm sort of like, no, fuck that. I got to get a pitcher. I got to get a, an ace.
0: Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Well, they're together then. Um upset that I can't draft against you Friday night. I'm more prepared. Uh, than usual this early in the season but uh, hopefully we'll do do another one soon um, one other sports thing I wanted to bring up last one is uh, the Astros thing you've been ranting about it on Twitter uh, Air Jordan man Jordan Alvarez is my guy the, one of the guys that sticks out to me as far as ADP I, I drafted him in the third round in this league which is way higher than his ADP but I get it he doesn't steal position eligibility just DH but uh, pure talent level I just think he, and there's even knee issue now Dusty Baker saying Uh, but I I just think the guy's a monster. Um, so does he get affected by this and just talk in general, your, your Astros stuff?
1: Well, I could be wrong. And and I actually do like that. The Astros are like, fuck you to everybody. I think that is the right attitude. I mean, it's not the right attitude. The right attitude is to like them be suspended, but given the fact (laughs) that like they have to play the season and everyone's going to hate them no matter what, you may as well just be like, fuck off and, and do what you can. But I do think that, the vitriol is not going to go away. I don't know if they're going to hit, get hit by more pitches. I think there's going to be an eye in that early, but umpires not giving them benefit, benefit of the doubt. There is a real thing that they're not going to know the pitch coming. I mean, that is a, a disadvantage. Sure. Yeah. And I just feel like today, like in this day and age with the Iowa caucuses and the QE infinity, that's stealing money from the poor and just printing money for the rich. Like I think people are pretty pissed off. Nobody trusts our institutions. Everybody's being ripped off. Everyone's angry at everybody else. And now you have a scapegoat. Like this team was busted cheating. Like they distorted the results of the game. The players are obviously pissed. I mean, the players are openly pissed. Usually players don't, in the NBA, they sometimes do. But usually players don't openly just shit talk whole teams full of players. Like usually they just kind of keep their mouths shut, especially in baseball. As the Astros have noted, the
0: chirpiest team happens to not be on their schedule this year. Yeah, the 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 Dodgers. Yeah, but that's
1: just bullshit. Like the Dodgers. Oh, they're so scared to play the Astros. No, they're not. You know, like obviously not. <laughs> sure. you know, okay. No one's scared to play a baseball team. You know what? Oh, I don't know. We might strike out. You know, I mean, what's oh, what are you gonna do? Throw a hundred and two mile
0: an hour fastball at my head? Uh, I don't know.
1: Could could hurt a little. This. Oh, you think they're scared the Astros are gonna throw at them? No, they you know, well,
0: retaliate. You want to start a beanball war? I don't know, yeah. Especially well, the, talking shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, they, I don't, they I didn't they mean, say
1: they're gonna start a beanball war. They're saying these guys are a bunch of scumbag cheaters, basically, is what they're saying, right? I mean
0: I know, I'm just it's, saying. It. It's,
1: it's not because true. they're not playing them. It's not that's not why. That's dumb. They're gonna be booed on the road, they're gonna be maybe booed at home half the time. I mean, the guys who are struggling are gonna get a lot of questions like is it just not knowing the pitch is coming that's pro- the problem for you? you know, was last year a product of, there's going to be articles written by all the struggling players. Looks like, you know, Yuli Guriel really was one of those guys that needed to know it was coming. His bat is just not quite as quick now with the fastball and doesn't know what's coming. It's going to be a, a, a tough season on them. I think I, I don't, maybe they'll band together and come out of the gate, super strong and have the last laugh, but it's just an added risk. There's a slight risk that not knowing and the advantage they had being gone is going to hurt them. And there's another risk of just being hated is going to take its toll on some of these guys.
0: Yeah, some of it will be attributed to that when there's also some natural regression due after. It's tough playing deep into October baseball like so many years in a row, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, those are fair. I I think it's – I'm not – totally lowering them much at all personally. I'm not, but I mean, who knows maybe one hit batsman and then Bregman goes in the DL and then it was, you're, you're right. You know, it's all it would take
1: would be one thing, but he could go in the D you know, that happens anyway. You know, you you don't know it's because of that. It's hard to attribute. I mean, unless they got hit by pitches at like 30% higher rate or something, you'd probably just say it was luck. I don't think people are going to throw at them overtly because they're going to get suspended. They're going to crack down on that pretty hard. Uh, Baseball is they're probably pissed that this happened but they're also like trying to put it behind them you know they just want this to go away so they're going to just they don't want this to become like this although it would be good for ratings you know a big blood feud between certain teams that'd be pretty good just stay away from my jordan um last i
0: looked 100 to 1 to win mvp uh, what if sitting in the middle of that lineup? I mean, the Astros uh, against the narrative, DH. you know, they didn't cheat. I mean, I know obviously that's why, but hundred to one, that's why, I mean, we could about some monster numbers. Yeah. DH doesn't help. There's some, uh, definitely some other futures I have my eyes on. We'll talk about, uh, in a future episode. Do you have any other thoughts on uh baseball before I throw some random stuff at you?
1: Not really. I'm, I'm looking forward to drafting. I don't really know the player pool as well as I'd like. I'm going to use this draft. The 12 team mix. Isn't that deep? I feel like, you know. I can get it, you know, I don't need to know much more than I know. And I'm trusting in this method, man. I'm trusting in the market plus algorithm equals the best information you possibly can have and then I have a little bit of experience playing this and I can hopefully just make some good calls when it's a close call and put together a good team.
0: Yeah. Um, since you picked so close, we can maybe even compare how our teams did. Uh, No, actually maybe I was gonna say next week, but you're on vacation. Actually. Are you traveling? Are you out?
1: I am going to be out on Wednesday next week. So there'll be no podcast next week. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, Heather's mom's coming to town. So we're just going up North in Portugal to some, There probably won't be skiing. If there is, we'll probably just let Sasha go. It's like shitty Portugal skiing, but, um, just some chill resort like up in the Northern mountains of Portugal gotcha
0: all right okay i'm gonna throw a few things at you just pick up any or none but um uh michael avenatti uh was guilty uh while we've been last talked which is crazy that, that guy was talking about as future president once and well,
1: t- they also talked about by whom let's like be clear
0: about right. this for sure
1: that for sure. whole like msnbc crew that put him on tv or cnn Those like total grifters put michael avenatti on tv day after day because he was representing story daniels and that was a, a blow to Trump. That was supposed to take Trump down. Remember back that? Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. He, he uh-huh. it was a campaign contribution. Like, anyone cares about that. So they started, for some reason, promoting this sociopath. And then he just <laughs> turned out to be insane. And now they're just trying to, like, pretend they never uh, elevated that guy as to one of the like, most prominent uh, guests for, like, months and months.
0: Yeah, healthy is, like, good-looking, obviously. But, man, it's so funny. Donald Trump Jr. tweeted talking shit to uh, asterisk former Democratic presidential candidate uh, <laughs> when he fun. was in. But uh, one thing, real quick, I'll circle back with this. Whatever he – yeah, sure, he, he apparently is, by all means uh, – He Stormy Daniels, says he is a scumbag. But – it still doesn't kind of erase that what he had on nike was true right like so when you win this big blackmail case but the info he had on him was still kind of true but it's interesting how that just gets completely ignored now um other things roger stone some craziness with his you know so one of his jury members it sounds like actually jury foreman um that sounds like a movie waiting to happen and then your your polling tweet i liked that that was uh that was funny right Yeah, the uh, the the people who the the candidate supporters, the percentage in which they believe Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, Klobuchar by far the most, and Sanders and and
1: Gabbard the the least. And those are my two people, especially Gabbard. He's eight percent. Like people who vote for her, they're not buying into the system. They're not buying into. Oh yeah, of course. Unfortunately, he committed suicide. I guess we'll never know. Okay, let's just move along yeah no I,
0: I love that i totally love that um budaj edge was third least, at least. Uh, um and then finally your seed oils love this step on your bell on the xm and then the the afterward. uh that was that was funny even my wife caught that on on twitter and, and laughed so uh spread the, spread the word about seed oils
1: list yeah i mean i've talked about this on the podcast before do not eat vegetable seed oils things like corn oil canola oil soy oil anything vegetable oil sunflower oil safflower oil grapeseed oil And people are like, this guy said, well, I don't really read ingredients. Can you tell me what it's in? I'm like, it's in fucking everything, dude. You have to read ingredients. You look at the box of shit that you're buying. Anything in a box is mostly shit. And it's going to say vegetable oil. It's going to say sunflower oil. It's going to have one of these oils in it. The only oils that you should be eating are olive oil, coconut oil, lard, ghee, butter. That's it. That's it. Animal fat, butter, lard, butter, ghee, olive oil, coconut oil. The thing is, coconut and olive oil come from the fruit. You're not squeezing olive oil out of olive pits. They're squeezing them out of the fruit of the olive, the surrounding part of the olive. Same thing with coconuts. They don't really have a pit. They squeeze them out of the fruit. So that, that is fine. Uh, when you squeeze the oil out of a seed, you are basically getting so much omega-6 that your body does not really know what to do with it. and Omega-6 increases inflammation in the body. So... Imagine it's really it's not. And chronic
0: inflammation can lead to real serious health. Every disease,
1: diabetes, cancer, heart disease—they're all diseases of inflammation. And basically, our ancestors would eat, you know, grapes and chew on the seeds and eat the seeds, and they would get some seed oils from chewing on the seeds. But the amount of seed oil that is in those that is in ingredients is it's extracted from the seeds, which have tiny, tiny amounts, but in mass, there's giant factories of seeds being pressed for their oils and then baked into your foods. And so it's the same thing, it's like a coca leaf, you know, I've talked about this before. The Incas would like chew on these coca leaves that would grow and you get like a mild stimulation while you were you know carrying a heavy load up a hill. But if you were to extract the, the coca from the plant, in huge amounts of leaves and extract all of it and condense it into a powder, you now have cocaine. And if you're on cocaine all the time, you're going to develop some, probably some dependency and maybe have a heart attack eventually. So it's not the substance that's the problem in the coca leaf, it's the dose that's the problem. And it's the same thing with seed oils. It's not that omega 6, which is actually necessary in your diet, but you don't have to worry, you get plenty, is a problem. You need a little bit of inflammation to, you know, blood clotting is inflammation. But if you get so much, which we're getting, it used to be that the a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 oils, fatty acids, which are like the, the main types you're getting, there's also omega-9, but something else, was like one to one to three to one. Our ancestors had a ratio of six to three, omega-6 to omega-3, of about one to one or three to one. It's now like 30 to one. So your body is dealing with a totally foreign balance of these substances, and you're getting a gigantic overdose every single day and it's in everything. Look for the vegetable oils in every single food, sunflower, canola. This stuff is garbage. If you have this stuff in your cabinet, throw it in the garbage. You, it's poison. You're better off buying a pack of cigarettes and enjoying a nice smoke than buying than eating these seed oils. Well, that's,
0: that's what you compared it to. I was actually going to say that next. You said 10 years from now, we're all going to be treating that like we we do cigarettes now.
1: It, totally. I mean, why do so many people get cancer? When someone gets cancer, we act like, oh yeah, when you get old, you just get cancer. That's just part of the deal. No, it's not just part of the deal. Every effect has a cause, and they're finding out more and more. It causes obesity. It's implicated in a lot of cancers. It combines with alcoholism when you're uh, drinking a lot and you're eating seed oils. It does more, way more damage to your liver. Probably accelerates, you know, certain cancers. So if you're smoking and you're at risk for lung cancer, it probably puts you at higher risk. I think like so many things that we just sort of. Oh, it's this is unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's not. I, and I'm not trying to say that everything's preventable. There is a such thing as bad luck. You might be next to a power plant that you know that's spewing toxic shit in the air. There may be something in your water. You I can mean, inherit a, a gene. I don't I mean, agree. I don't agree with inheriting a gene. I think you can inherit a gene hmm. that predisposes you to a certain kind of malfunction. Should you have a malfunction, so say you have a breast cancer gene. If you didn't get exposed to toxins and, and things in the wrong doses things that are toxic at the doses that we're commonly exposed to them at. It's my belief that you would not get the ailment. Your gene just means when the shit goes wrong, and something's almost certainly going to go wrong in modern size with the food we're eating and the environmental toxins that this is the way, this is the shape it's going to take. It's going to take the shape of cancer because your family has cancer. It's going to take the shape of heart disease because your family has heart disease. But it's not necessary that you're going to get that thing at all if you remove the toxic causes of that thing. Your genes are not, no one has, oh, this gene is programmed to kill you. That, would, that makes no sense, wait, right? Like, wait, wait
0: which is first and foremost diet you're saying that that's that's what you're saying
1: uh, that's the easiest to control and probably the most powerful because you're literally putting it inside your body there's things like in right, that's city, what i was gonna say yeah, I, I
0: understand that guy saying it's annoying to look at ingredients that's exactly what i was gonna say you're putting it inside your body like right. think about it that yeah, way don't be a
1: fucking idiot you know what i mean like our ancestors were like didn't just eat any fucking mushroom that was growing when they were hungry you know they would like learn which ones would kill you which ones would make you trip and which ones yeah. would have nutrients good ones. You know? yeah. right i mean you, you'd have to you know no it be trust a corporation, you're gonna put something in your body because it's on the store shelf without looking at what's in it? I mean, that's insane to me. So my my point is just that there's probably some things in the pollution and the air and the city you're in. I mean, you can move to the countryside, put a lot of plants in your house. There's things you can do, but you can't do everything. Your water supply, you know, who knows? There's some shit that you get screwed, and you know, certainly you can't control everything. But every every effect has a cause. And your genes are only going to determine what the bad effect, how, what shape it takes. But it's not, you know, without any toxins, I just don't think many or, or any, maybe no people are programmed to be sick. You know, that that's like a program of your, like a defect, a defect in you. I just think that we're all getting a, a very toxic cocktail all the time. And then all of us have different genes, which will represent that toxicity in a different way.
0: Like a month ago, there's some interesting research or some interesting finds in, in curing cancer. Gonna, I'll send you along the article um, when we're done. But I, I hope you're right, Liz. That is, um, I hope you are right that we can control more than maybe most of us uh, understand. While I fully wanted you to go crazy and absolutely wanted you to go off on the seed oils, um, I also brought it up in part because I just thought it was funny hearing Stefania Bell go on the XM show and talk about how she's cut sugar out of her diet, which is great. It's awesome. Something I've been trying to do uh, myself and you just kind of, uh, went like oh no that's not nearly enough you know, i, know, just, I you know, know like you shat on her like, I, know. I know she's right, nearly she's right. Enough,
1: I, i'm a t- i'm a i'm a hard hard person to please i'm right. hard on other people yeah. i'm hard on Sasha with her math homework though she's doing fourth grade math and oh math. being
0: your uh yeah. I only, poor yeah, yeah I can only but imagine.
1: she's really good and she loves she wants to do math all the time so i guess i'm not that hard on her i haven't like destroyed the the spirit in her yet but i'm like come on focus like you know i'm stop guessing i'm like stop guessing you, you don't guess in math you either know it or you say i don't know How how do we do this don't guess i don't want you to it's not about getting the right answer but i'm hard she's only just turned eight so you know i am hard on people but i was trying to say i was i was, should have said that's amazing i'm very happy <laughs> you're doing that but i do think the seed oils are, are even worse than the sugars i i mean they're they're you know they're the twin killers those two right right totally
0: no no no. you did it you, you did a service again for everyone and you talk. you said you get a new listener every five seconds or whatever and uh nothing will beat it when you told everyone on xm about you know the, the problems with uh sunscreen and that because that really seemed out there to people but i still appreciated it but especially that's, coming after Savonia bragging you know Savonia deservingly talking about how she's doing a health benefit and you like kind of like you know you need to one-up that and do even more yeah, i've ju- just try to help her you know yeah yeah for sure man all right man that's all i got
1: uh, all right, that's good enough for me. I had one other funny thing that I saw. I'll, I'll just tell it. Yeah, uh, they're going to say, so go, go. There was uh, one, uh, Amy, uh, cl- what's her name? Klobuchar? Klobuchar? Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, Klochub- yeah. Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Uh, she, there's an interview with her uh, on Telemundo, you know, and the guy is asking her, and it's being translated into Spanish, like on the subtitle so that, like, uh, Spanish speakers can understand it. He's asking her about, you know, stuff with Mexico. And she goes on and, you know, he's like, well, what do you think about Mexico and what we're going to be doing and what's your vision for the partnership? And she's like, well, obviously Mexico is an incredibly important partner and I look forward to da-da-da. And he's like, yeah, but, I mean, are you aware of the policies of, you know, da-da-da and what do you think of those? And she's like, well, to be honest, I'm not entirely familiar with all of that, but I do know know, that Mexico is incredibly important to the U.S. and da-da-da. And he's like, well, you do know who the Mexican president is, Right. And then she's like, well, yes, I know that the Mexican president is blah, 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 you know, does this. And she, he's like, no, but you know his name, right? And she's like, I'm sorry, I actually do not know his name. So she didn't know who the president of Mexico <laughs> is. Okay, now I don't know who the president of Mexico is either, but I'm just some dude who lives in Portugal. I don't really right. think about Mexico. I mean, I like Mexico, but I don't really think about it much. But two things. First of all, she's a U.S. senator. She should know who the Mexican president is in that job. Like just period, you should know. Okay, but fine. I could say, I could forgive that. I could say, you know what? you pretend to care about mexico but you're just doing the bidding of your donors obviously so what do you give a shit right it's not really that important for you you're just you're just doing what you're told so who gives a shit if you know who that is but that's not the problem. I mean, that is a problem, but that's not the main problem. The main problem is she knew she was having an interview. Right, right. Right. Why would you <laughs> no, just I'm go kidding. to fucking yeah. Wikipedia and write down yeah. the name of the dude and memorize it and memorize and look into a couple of his recent policy decisions and have some... Like, if you're going on like Yahoo to talk about hockey or something, you're like, Dalton, I'm so sorry, we need you. And you're like, ah, I don't really follow it that close. But just talk about the goalies for tonight. You would go and you would actually look up a couple of things <laughs> to say. Like, who doesn't look up just the basics. If you don't know the Mexican president and you're on Telemundo, I mean,
0: yeah, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, no, that's the crazy thing, right? It's not. Yeah. is the truly crazy thing. is You
1: you just don't give a shit. You just, you, you just have so little regard for the actual job. You're just doing what you're told. You just want to get elected so that you can do what you're told and do the things that you're supposed to do for the people that you're, you know, your clients, basically the, the interests that are, I mean that it's, it's like, I think mean, anybody knows to just look up a couple of things. So no, that's just
0: the bare minimum of before. Yeah. But it, let's not forget though. Nearly half of her supporters do think Epstein committed suicide.
1: Yeah. She's right. She's the highest, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. don't care. They're not interested in anything. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just
0: No, that's insane. funny, man. No, that is funny. I'll, that, that's funny. I'll search for that clip. That's yeah. No, that's, a, that's bad for sure.
1: It's painful. Cause the guy keeps asking. He's like, you see him being like, no, 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 but I want some specifics here. And then he starts to realize, she doesn't even know who the guy is.
0: Well, I'm glad he kept going, though, then. No, no, uh, no it was like good journalism. It off, let her get away with it, though. That's way better.
1: It was, it was good journalism.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Good stuff, Liz.
1: All right, man. Take it easy, though.
0: Later.